Our sermon passage today is from Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Moses writes, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall eat it until the 14th day, keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And then down to verse 21. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. Amen. Thank you, Spencer. You may be seated. <clears throat> As you take your seat, let's pray together. Father and our God, this morning we're gathered as your people. We are thankful that you've made us. We're thankful that you have redeemed us. We are thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. We're thankful that you have promised your spirit to be with us. And Lord, as you are present with us today, we pray that you would allow us to see you. As you are present with us today, we pray that you would give us a deeper, greater faith and trust in you. As you are present with us today, we pray that you would comfort us in our affliction. As you are present with us today, we pray that you would tear us from the bondage of sin and death in a greater way. As you are present with us today, we pray that you would give us great hope in you. And as you are present with us today, we pray you would give us a great love for your kingdom and for your work in this world and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't already, please take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 12. Here at Redeemer, we are 
um, walking through the book of Exodus. And as we have said from the beginning, that the theme of the book of Exodus is our God saves, or in particular, the one true God saves, Yahweh, the father of Abraham, the father of Isaac, the father of Jacob, saves. And this theme of God delivering his people has been building over the first 11 chapters. And so after a, a bit of a detour last week, as we celebrated our congregation's 10th anniversary, today we come back to chapter 12. Chapter 12 is about the Passover. And we're going to spend several weeks here because it's, it's truly important that we allow this piece of the Exodus story to be heard, to be received, to be believed. So what's going to happen in Exodus 12 is God will deliver Israel from Egypt. God will keep his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and his people. God will establish a true historical story that shapes the life of his people and defines his relationship with them. And that is the pivotal point here. In this story that is true of Exodus chapter 12, God is giving us the story by which the life of Israel will be shaped. And the story that defines his relationship with Israel. And he gives us the story that prepares the world for the coming of his son, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so what we want to look at today is how God is going to prepare his people for this pivotal event. So our sermon this morning is entitled Passover Preparation. The main point is that God delivers his people. And the preparation and the detail and the meticulousness of this story is all there to, to display for God for God's people Israel and for Egypt that God did the delivering and God did the judging. And it is important how one relates to Yahweh because the Lord wants his people to listen to him and to trust him. And that's what we're going to see in this passage this morning. Now, there are two summary sections that really serve as a key for this message. The first is verses 12 and 13. And the second is found in verses 21 through 23. Let's look here at verses 12 and 13. 
For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike, I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. So what's being said there in verse 12 is God is bringing judgment upon Egypt and he wants it to be known that he did it for the sake of his name. Verse 13, the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. I find great comfort in knowing that the Jewish people were as uncreative as I am. Why is it called Passover? Because death and judgment came to Egypt, but the houses of those who had the sign of God's promise on the door, death rather than entering passes over and there's no death in that home. So the Passover is the evening, the once up the one time non-repeated moment where God sent his judgment into the land of Egypt, but he passed over the house of his people that had the sign of his promise on the door. So Passover is celebrating God's deliverance in the face of judgment. And so first, God wants his people to know what he is doing and to prepare for it. So if you want to take notes this morning, the first point is know and prepare. The Lord wants his people to know what he's doing, why he's doing it, when he's doing it, so that they will see his hand in it and trust him. So the Lord, unlike the first nine plagues, this is the tenth, unlike the first nine, is going to give great prior explanation to his people, and he's going to call his people to an act of faith in preparation for the work, for the miracle, for the deliverance, for the judgment, for the Passover. So so the first point is know and prepare. And there's four key words for us here. What does the Lord want them to know and how can they prepare? The four key words are importance, remember, timing, participate. Importance, Remember, timing, participate. God's people are always, there's always a listen to the Lord component to our relationship with God. And in this particular story, God's people are called to listen to the Lord and respond to him. So the first thing he tells them is that the event that's about to take place is of great importance. Look at verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. 
It shall be the first month of the year for you. Now, what the words of verses 1 and 2 communicate is that something of great importance is about to happen. Of such importance that the future of Israel for years and years and generations and generations will be oriented around what is about to take place in this month. This is no small event. In many ways, it's the beginning of a nation. They are going to be delivered. They're going to be sent out. They are going to be moving toward the promised land where they will become God's people in God's place at God's time under God's rule. And this month will be the beginning of it. So he says, in essence, Israel, your identity is going to be shaped by what happens in this month. This is of great importance. So great is the importance that leads to remembrance. So if you skip down with me to verse 14, he says, This day shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. So what the Lord is saying here is what's going to happen in this Passover is of such importance that you will celebrate it annually and it will shape your year as a nation and as a people forever. What God is saying is I'm going to set up a remembrance so that you never forget what took place here in Egypt, particularly so you never forget that your identity is you've been delivered by the one true God. Now, this is the closest thing we get to advertisement. I'm not going to say anything else about remember because that's all next week's sermon. So you have to come back. Going to 30A for vacation, fall break, doesn't matter. You got to come back. The remembrance piece of this is a huge piece, so much so that it does get its own message next week. So he, he shares with them the importance. He shares with them the ongoing remembrance. Third, he shares with them the timing. Don't we all just wish that the Lord would give us the timing for everything? Anybody in that category? Waiting by faith is hard. It's hard. Last night I was talking to my wife like a rude, impatient toddler about something in my life and just saying, I, but I don't want to do it anymore. But we get up and we trust the Lord and we wait. It's the essence of our faith. But the timing piece of this is important because what he says is the time is now. This is the month. We're in it right now. If you look at verse 40, it says the people of Israel have been in Egypt for 430 years. So without this timing piece, the people of Israel might have heard that like, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to set us free at some point. We'll be ready. But we've been hearing these promises for all of Moses' life. 
We'll be ready. So the Lord wants them to know, like, no, no, no. The work is coming this month. Look at, look at verse three. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man should take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Oh, wow, okay. So now we're, we've, we've shortened it to the life of a lamb. Like, like, like we're getting closer. Then if you keep reading... Verse 6, and you shall keep it until, until when? Until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill their lambs at twilight. So the Lord has put a date on his deliverance of the Israelites out of Egypt. And he says, the time is now. Let's be ready. Friends, there, I don't know a New Testament parallel of such dating mechanisms. And usually those who go there are not worthy of you listening to or following. So we will find much more of our life in the first 11 chapters of waiting on the Lord and not knowing the day or the hour But passages like this one tell us that the Lord will move swiftly, and when he moves swiftly, he will accomplish all of his work, and it will be done for the good of his people and for the glory of his name, and we can trust that. So great importance, remembrance, timing, and participation. So the fourth word is participate. This final plague against Egypt and its gods will require participation on the part of the Israelites. God has structured a meticulous plan for how the Passover will unfold so that his people will know that he has done it and so that his people will have confidence and trust in him. So the specificity of this passage was not, I believe, was not intended to be an albatross around the neck of, oh, you got to do this thing exactly right, and then once you accomplish that, you can do this thing exactly right. And it wasn't intended to be that. It was intended to be, we've heard what the Lord has said, and we believe the Lord, and we will do exactly what he said because we trust him. In essence, All of Exodus 12 is a word picture for us that faith is never intended to be left in our brains. But faith is intended to shape all that we do and say. And so as I go through this list, you're going to see four days of meticulous focus on we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord. So first he says, and this is running through verses 4 through 12. He says, select the right kind of lamb. It'll be around a year old. It'll be without blemish. It will be the best one. Second, 
select the right amount of people to consume your lamb with you. One lamb per family. Unless you can't afford one, then the Lord has made provision for you to join with another family, whereby there will be one lamb per gathering. So select the right kind of lamb, select enough people to consume the lamb. Third, select your lamb on the right day, the 10th day of the month. Fourth, slaughter your lamb on the right day at the right time on the 14th day of the month at twilight. Fifth, cook your lamb in the right way. There will be no boiling at the Passover. We are going to roast. Now, you Southerners like me, roast doesn't mean low and slow. Right? Like I see roast and I think like we're going to smoke this thing for days. That's not what we mean by roast here. Roasting, I learned this week, is faster than boiling. Plus, roasting cooks off all the things that a good Jew can't eat. Just gets rid of it by, by burning it right off. So we're going to cook our lamb in the right way. Next, we're going to hold a feast with our family or with several families. Next, we're going to eat in the right way. This is not a meal of relaxation. It's a meal of preparation. We're going to eat ready to leave on a journey. We're going to have our belts on and our sandals on and our staff in our hands. We're going to be ready to go. Next, there will be no leftovers. If you don't eat it all, burn it. We're leaving. Next, when you kill the lamb, you're going to take some blood and you're going to put it on the doorpost and the lintel at the entrance of your house. And once you've marked your door, you're going to stay in the house until the Passover is over. There's great meticulousness laid out here. And all the meticulousness is to show God's people and the Egyptians that God has done this work. That God has brought both the judgment and the deliverance. And he is faithful to those who trust The Lord is giving to Israel what is required for the Israelites to know so that those of faith can obey the Lord. This is true for us today as well. The Lord has given to his people what we need to know so that we who are of faith may obey him and serve him and glorify him. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4. This 
is a word picture of God doing that for his people. So that pushes us to the second point, trust the Lord. What's taking place in this story is ultimately God wants his people to trust him for their deliverance. I said said verses 12 and 13 and verses 21 and 23 kind of summarize the whole passage for us. Excuse me. So let's look at verse 21 through 23 together. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two posts with the blood that's in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. So here's what the Lord's saying. Through Moses and Aaron to the people, on this evening, death is coming to Egypt. It's coming to every family in Egypt. The judgment of the Lord is coming to Egypt. The only hope of deliverance is to have the blood of the lamb on the doorway of the house in which you are in. And so what the, exit, what the Passover narrative is driving home to us is God's judgment comes to the world. The only hope of deliverance in the face of God's judgment is the means of salvation provided by the Lord. So those who hear the word, who trust the Lord, who follow in obedience and have the sign on the door, what they have declared to their families and to Egypt and to the Lord is we trust your word and we trust your deliverance. Douglas Stewart writes this. One should appreciate the fact that an omniscient God would hardly need a sign to know which people had been faithful to him and which had not. The sign, therefore, was presumably at least as much for the benefit of those who were to provide it. To require them to undertake an action that involved more than mere ideation, but one demonstrating their confidence in God's power to kill as well as to rescue. So here's the idea. On the 10th day, we're going to go kill our best. We're going to go gather our best lamb for slaughter. Can you imagine that conversation? Dad, what are we doing? We're going to take our best lamb for the Lord. Well, Dad, you, you know that's the best one, right? Yeah. You know that would be the best for us to keep that one, right? 
Yeah, but we, we trust the Lord, son. Dad, why are we got a lamb just hanging out over here by itself? Because we're keeping it for the 14th day, son. Then on the 14th day, we're going we're gonna to kill it. Well, why are we going to kill it? Because God told us to, and we trust the Lord. He's going to deliver us by his power. So then we're going to go out and we're going to kill the lamb. Dad, why are we gathering its blood? Because the Lord told us to, son. And we trust the Lord. And we trust his deliverance. Now, son, this part's going to be fun. We're going to get a stick. And we're going to put it in the blood. And we're going to make a mess on mom's front door. Now, Dad, that's a bad idea. Why would we do that, Dad? Because we trust the Lord. And we trust that the blood is going to be the sign by which he delivers his people. And then once we put the blood on the door, we're going to go inside. Hey, Daddy, can I go outside? No, son, you can't go outside. Why not? Because the Lord said, once you put the blood on the door, stay inside because death is coming to every firstborn in Egypt tonight. Oh, Daddy, do I need to be afraid? I'm the firstborn. No, son, you don't need to be afraid because the Lord is going to pass over our house because of that blood on the door. What we do is we stay inside and that blood's going to remind us that God keeps his promises and that blood's going to remind us that when God's judgment comes tonight, he passes over all those who have the sign of his promise on the door. Son, we're the people of the Lord and we trust his word and we do what he says. And I believe that's what the Lord had in mind when he said, and the blood, verse 13, shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. It's a sign for us that we trust the Lord and our hope is that he will deliver us on this day. People of God are called to trust in God for his deliverance. Friends, this is very important for us. Because not only is the Passover going to be a celebration that shapes Israel, but it's going to be a celebration that changes the world. John chapter 1 verse 29 Jesus was early in his ministry. John the Baptist pointed to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the testimony of the scripture is that just like the Passover in Egypt, death is coming. But this time, God's judgment's not just coming to Egypt. It's coming to the whole world. And the only hope of deliverance in the face of God's judgment is the blood of the Lamb that the Lord has provided. And His name is Jesus. 
So the question for us today is, do I trust that the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus alone is my hope for death passing over me? Because we will all either face death or be covered in the blood of the Lamb who faced death for us. People of God are those who trust the deliverance that God has provided. And his name is Jesus. One last thing. Not only does this story call us to faith in the Lord, but it calls us to identify with the Lord. You know, what's interesting is the doorpost wasn't on the inside of the house, but on the outside. I don't have time to rewalk my whole story about killing the lamb and putting the blood on the door with a son, but imagine doing it with a skeptical, nosy neighbor. What are you doing? Well, the Lord's going to pass over our house tonight. And then imagine death comes to the whole land. And there's a dead firstborn in every house. And there's screaming and there's weeping and there's gnashing of teeth. And when the sun rises the next morning, you look out and all the houses with the nasty blood on the door, they were delivered. The blood was not only a sign for the people of Israel, but it was a sign to Egypt that God saves his people in his way. And there is blessing for those who trust in him. And some of you might be going, oh, dude, you're making a far reach to try to make the Passover about missions and about evangelism. But I'm not. Because by the end of chapter 12, God's making provision for the foreigners that want to be a part of his people because they've seen what he's done. So what marks off the people of God? The blood of the lamb upon them. Let us be the people who are known not for our self-righteousness, And not for all these other defining characteristics that that shape and divide on the internet. But let us most be known for the blood of the lamb covering us and changing everything about us. This is what the Lord would want from us as well. So our Father and our God. We pray now that you would take this word of yours and work it deeply into these lives of ours that we might glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name.